0: Heel Tough Blog Podcast. Hey guys, and welcome to another edition of the Heel Tough Blog Podcast. It's your host Anthony Pagnotta with you guys as always. And today it is time to get you ready for the Tar Heels' matchup with the Miami Hurricanes. A crucial game in the ACC Coastal, and one that by the end of the season could go a long way in determining who wins this division in its final season. Here in 2022. Josh Marlowe along with me here on this edition of the podcast. And uh, first, we got to start out by letting people know that uh, this is your pick to win the ACC Coastal in the preseason. How you feeling about that as we as we sit here at this point? Because I remember it having, having a great argument here in the preseason on this very podcast about how Mario Cristobal was going to come in and just wreck shop.
1: Um, I mean, look, I I remember arguing that Miami was going to be a program that was back on the rise.
0: Uh, did you or did you not think they would be on the precipice of the playoff? I do
1: remember making statements about <laughs> Miami being a program back on the rise. To be fair, Crystal
0: Ball, but I you have always been a you've always been a you guy because last year you picked them to beat Alabama. You picked week. them to beat Alabama. That may have been one but, of the worst picks ever. But you're on here spitting lies. Oh, come on. Because No, I I'm not. I said Miami was
1: going to start their way being back. Yep. Still picked Carolina
0: to win the Coastal and make the ACC title game. You are full of crap. You yeah. know why? Because I heard you say on air earlier today that you picked Miami to win the Coastal. No, no, I know exactly. No, you picked NC State. And Miami that's who I picked I don't I, I gotta tell you the credibility of you on this show as a as the host is in question you are you are not enough of a Homer
1: uh I mean look I think the only thing I bring to the show
0: is credibility
1: wow
0: um yeah really with your oh yeah with your fake church league stories
1: but you know look I, I think I I think what really stinks about this matchup is that
0: really really selling the game? By the way, it, really it, selling it.
1: It kind it, it kind of feels, in, in, a, in a lot of similar ways, like last week. And let me explain
0: to Whoa. where
1: that this is a this is an opponent that now Carolina ha- has had more success uh, against Miami than Virginia Tech. The numbers aren't as skewed as the ones
0: against the Hokies are. Carolina leads the all time series against Miami.
1: So if if Carolina goes and and wins the game. I don't know. I don't know what that says about Carolina. Okay, because, I'm gonna no. Nope, nope, I'm gonna, I'm gonna
0: because, stop you. I'm no, gonna stop not. you right there because, because that's a that. Come on. No, because, Are we really saying that Virginia Tech? No. Is ju- just saying, is on the same level as Miami right now.
1: I'm just saying that the schedule that is the way it's lining up for Carolina, it kind of feels like 15, where they can run up a record that is five and one after this week, six and one next week against Duke. And you really don't know how good you are because this conference, this division is in utter chaos. But what that means is that is that I, I think it actually puts more pressure on Carolina to win these games because you have Drake May, who is right now playing the best quarterback in the conference. You could argue he's playing on a level that is up there with C.J. Stroud, with Bryce Young. And so it's 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 just a weird position mm-hmm. for like if Carolina was going into this game in Miami, even if Miami only had the one loss to A and M, right? Yep, you could still say if they go there and win, that's 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 a, that's a really that's a really big win because my because if Miami looked apart, Miami right now looks like what Miami has looked like the last decade, despite the fact that they they literally bought a a a new roster with NIL money. And so I think it's just – I think it's the curse of Tar Heel football where no matter how good we think we are – and I, I, I think we know on offense we're as good as anybody in the country. And I think we showed last week we can we can actually play good defense against, you know, subpar offenses. But this could be a situation where Carolina goes and wins the game and we don't know how good we are because Miami isn't the team we thought they were in the preseason. So,
0: so- – we don't know how. Good, I'm. I'm going to tell you. I don't care how good we are in relation to. So you're you're saying in relation to the rest of the country, right? Because I'm just I, saying like in I don't. General, I like, don't know. But but I no. I will if they beat Miami. I will know how good they are. They would be the best team in the coastal because, at that point. But and I, don't, that's I don't know all, what that means. That's all that matters. Who cares what that means?
1: Because like we're the, one of the most oddest, like four and one teams. Okay,
0: ever. I get it. But I'm. But here's my point. I don't care what the record actually means right now. I, I it that doesn't matter because for this team I think we've all kind of come to the conclusion that if this team makes the ACC championship game, that's huge. Like even if it's at even, even if it's at let's say it's like Larry's first year there where Carolina didn't get to go where they finished 8 and 4 overall I don't have it in front of me. It was, I believe, five and three in conference, but they owned a tiebreaker, or was it six and two?
1: I think it was five. I think it was five and three.
0: I thought it was five and three, um, but they didn't go. And of course, Miami went in their place because of the issues that Carolina had under yep. Butch Davis. But I, I, I think you didn't really know how good that team was. But for this team, I mean, especially if you look back. After four games, you know the quarter, the the or actually not the quarter point of the season, the one third of the way through the season, and they were three and one. They just came off a loss to Notre Dame, where they got bludgeoned by an offense that wasn't good. I think we'd all say, yeah, we'll definitely take that. So that's my thing. This game, and you know, this is this is where we kind of get into it. This this game is important for the Coastal, and right now, that is what matters for Carolina. Those those prove it games of how how good you really are. Look, you got those later on the schedule. You got Wake Forest, got NC, State. you got NC State at the end of the schedule. Those are the two games you're looking at now. Who maybe and he, at this point probably not by the point you play them because of who they just lost to. I I would say Pittsburgh, but they probably at this point are kind of off the radar after mm-hmm. that loss to Georgia Tech. So. But but this is a big one, and this is these are the ones you have to take care of. If you take care of your division right now with the way things are set up, you will make the ACC championship game, especially oh, in the Coastal. Which is why I said I think there's now more pressure for them to get to Charlotte. Okay, I get that. Now, I will say this. There is a lot of pressure on Miami, too. This is a team that Carolina has won three straight against. It's mm-hmm. a team that uh, Carolina has beaten five out of the last seven. And more importantly, it is a team that is coming off of a loss the last time that they played to Middle Tennessee at home. And not only a loss, this was a game where Middle Tennessee, the the final score didn't tell you how ugly this game got at certain points. They were in control of that game the entire time in Miami Gardens. That's not supposed to happen to Miami, especially a Miami team that – most people thought and look i was joking with you coming out you were not you are very far from the only one miami was the preseason favorite to win the coastal for a reason yep but so far they haven't looked apart and you know here this is let's let's dive into miami all you need to know about miami presented by draftkings head over to draftkings.com use the promo code tppn to bet on this weekend's NFL action. And I think the guy that has the most pressure on him right now, probably of anybody in this game, is Tyler Van Dyke. He comes in, was benched in the last game against Middle Tennessee. He has not thrown for more than 261 yards or two touchdowns in a game this season. Keep in mind, they scored 70 in their opener against Bethune-Cookman. He only threw two touchdowns in that game. So, this is a guy that is kind of needing to respond at this point, and it could go one of two ways. It could work out really well for him, and he could come out motivated, or it could be a lot of pressure on him, and it sort of backfires.
1: And you're talking about a guy that is this year Spencer Rattler entered the season. That's with, that's
0: a hell of a comparison. Yeah, with
1: uh, with, the, with oh, a yeah. lot of with a lot of hope um a guy that was being mocked as a you know top 10 in you know NFL draft pick was on the Heisman list in the preseason and then you know things broke his way if he had moments at AM in the in the marquee ACC games and if Miami was a playoff contender maybe you you could see him in New York just hasn't happened uh, and and for a lot of different reasons I think you know Mario Cristobal trying to install the way he wants his teams to play on offense, you, you, we talked about the 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 influx of NIL money. That means transfers coming in. Also, that means transfers going out, and and and, and so you you know you're you're dealing with chemistry issues and stuff like that. But Completely new coaching staff. The the biggest issue is that I think I think we all thought he was good enough to to really overcome and elevate his game because look at what he did last year when Manny Diaz was his head coach and 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 look at look at how efficient he played from the second half of that NC State game on this was a guy who would throw 300 yards or more in every game but won the rest of the way like he was putting up monster numbers we thought that was going to carry over and it didn't but now here comes a carolina defense which has given up roughly 34 points per game that's had troubles getting to the quarterback we've seen the issues in the secondary hopefully we're not the, the you know the thing that gets him going but the thing about him as as we saw last year he's not gonna lack confidence and he knows he has a defense that he has more than hes he has history of picking up picking apart once if will confident he can do it again on Saturday
0: yeah I mean I think it's definitely possible um you know the one thing is is I I get what you're saying the success that he had um in years in in You know, against Carolina last year, uh, the success that he had down the stretch of last season, but especially with the stretch that he had down the stretch last year, we've seen that before with guys in college football where they take over midseason, they get hot, and you start, you know, you you start giving them a little hype, and they're guys that kind of just disappear. Um, and look, I'm not saying that's exactly what's happening here. I think there is a chance that he can definitely get it back on track. I think he's talented. But what did I tell you about him in the preseason? What was the reason that I picked Pitt to win the Coastal? I picked them to win the Coastal because when it came to Miami and Tyler Van Dyke, you know, I saw the type of gunslinger mentality that you saw with a guy like Spencer Radler. I think that is a tremendous comparison. Now, the problem is, is that... This is a guy that got benched for a completely unproven guy that is nowhere near as highly touted as Caleb Williams was. Caleb Williams is one of the best. He came in, and you saw why they went to him over Spencer Radler. Uh, from all indications, Tyler Van Dyke will start this game, and there is no that they are not planning on pulling him out of this game. Jake Garcia did not show them anything in that game against Middle Tennessee he was 10 and 19 169 yards it didn't seem like they were really that thrilled to make it a quarterback battle um the thing about them is they are going to lean on their running game maybe now more than ever and they 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 got talent there um so far this season Henry Parrish Jr. 89.8 yards per game. Remember, they've only played four games. They have had two bye weeks already out of this. Or no, they didn't play week one. So, Or week zero. Excuse me. Um, So, I always forget that because Carolina did play in week zero. But, um, they've had their bye week already. And look, those 89.8 yards, third most among running backs in the ACC so far this year. Yep. So, an extremely talented guy. They spell him with a guy in Thaddeus Franklin, who already has five rushing touchdowns so far this season on the ground, so he brings the power, and look, we saw that speed-power combination when we played Notre Dame, and it hurt Carolina. Uh, they did a good job last week, but it's against a Virginia Tech running game that is nowhere near as strong uh, as ones that we saw in the mid-to-late 2000s, or even really during the you know latter part of the Frank Beamer era, so... Um, I think that is – when I look at that, that. at this team, that's probably the area of this Miami team that scares me the most offensively. It's not Tyler Van Dyke in the passing
1: game. Yeah, and I mean, I think you got to look at what Carolina did really good last week, was, which, which was the, the best they've set the edge in what, in what feels like forever. And I think the best part about what they did was that as good as they did set the edge, I still thought they left a lot on tape. To clean up, which mm-hmm. means that there's a lot of room for for them to to get better, and that's where it's going to start, because because I think that's that that that's that's still the the thing on this defense is that teams are going to line up and they're going to run the ball at Carolina before they they try to throw it. And look at how bad Notre Dame entered the game, being able to run the football, and they came out and they ran it, they ran it right at Carolina because Carolina couldn't stop it. So it's going to come down to Des Evans, Noah Taylor. Those guys setting the edge, Ray Voisick, you know, Kamen Rucker, those guys getting stuff up the the interior, and then everybody rallying to the football. That was the best thing this defense did last week. Was every time you saw the, the 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 picture on on your TV screen, there were eight or nine blue hats in the area. So they were rallying to the ball. They were making plays as a unit. It wasn't. It wasn't asking guys over and over again to make plays one-on-one because in this day and age, it's not going to happen. And so I think that's going to be the biggest thing is that if Carolina is rallying to the ball as a defensive unit, that's going to be their best chance. That's That was what made the 15 defense so good under Gene Chiswick was you always had eight or nine guys in the area to make the plays. And I think you saw last week when that happens that what this defense is capable of doing. I don't think they're going to go out there and hold Miami to 10 points. I don't think they're going to go up there and give up less than 270 yards. But I do think this could be a, a unit that can give up 24 points or less and 400 yards or less when they're playing with that type of effort as 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 a as a unit not just individually.
0: Yeah, group, group tackling I think is is spot on because that's something they haven't had enough of. We we pointed that out in in back in 2019, 20, 21 under Bateman. That was one of the things that they kind of lacked. You had guys that had to tackle in space. And look, they have I will tell you this. They are a lot better than that than they were under some of the guys that were defensive coordinators under Larry. That was one of the biggest issues for Fedora-led defenses was they could not tackle, even with guys around them. This team, the problem is, is that you got one guy out in space trying to make the tackle. If he misses the tackle... There's nobody else there yep. to sort of cover his behind. So that's something that they definitely have to be better at. And you're right. They did that against Virginia Tech. They strung out a lot of those runs to the edge, uh, which they need to be able to do in this game as well. You have to be able to try to force those guys to the sideline. Don't make it where they can literally go right around, you know, the defense, the the, the end, and th- that outside is open. That's been a problem for Carolina for years Um, And I think in this game, you know, we'll see. Uh, It's all about can you get off the blocks. You did a week ago. Can you do it again here? Um, And, you know, the thing is, is their offensive line, look, it's an improved unit. There's no doubt about that. I mean, they're running the ball for 178.5 yards per game. That's encouraging. But this is still a unit that has some issues with allowing pressure. Every one of their interior offensive linemen have allowed at least nine pressures or more so far this season as a comparison, Carolina's interior offensive linemen, uh they haven't nearly struggled as bad as that and that's with Ed Montalus in there, who we've talked about, you know, has really had his issues at times. So that is the weak area for this Miami offensive line. The question is, can guys like Ray Velasic, Miles Murphy, Travis Shaw, Kevin Hester, can those types of guys attack this offensive line unit up front? And even if they don't get to the quarterback, can you provide some sort of pressure? Can you get off of those blocks in the run game and be there to make those tackles? You haven't seen that for most of the year from this unit. You've seen these guys getting moved out of the way. Last year, or last year, last week they were better, but you need to see them take another step this year. The other area where they are a little weak is the pass-catching group. This is... This was one of the biggest things that people questioned about them coming into the year, and boy, it has been a struggle for them so far. Uh, They continue to search for those guys. No pass catcher so far this year has more than one touchdown or 200 yards receiving. Now, to be fair, they did end up losing wide receiver Xavier Xavier Restrepo uh, before the game against Texas A&M, and it does not look like he is going to play in this game Either it seems like it will be a long shot for him to play, so they are looking for other guys. Will Mallory, their veteran tight end, um, you know he's he's been solid but not great. Um, Carolina, you know, last week was presented with two tight ends that were off to really good starts to the season. They took both of those guys away. Can they do it again in this one? Because they didn't do it against Notre Dame, and we saw what happened. Um, But they they have to be aware of some of these other guys. The other guy I I think you have to keep an eye on, Keyshawn Smith at wide receiver, 15.5 yards per reception so far this year. So a guy that can be a little bit of a threat uh, on the outside. Meanwhile, you head over to the defensive side of the ball. And look, this defensive front, nowhere near the unit that we've seen over the past few years. First of all, remember two years ago, that defensive line unit was raved about. One of the most raved about in the country with Jalen Phillips and Quincy Roche on the edge. Carolina dominated them in that game. Um, you would like to see a similar performance in this one from the offensive line against a weaker unit. Uh, Jafari Harvey, talented guy. Um, He's off to a solid start to the year. And same thing with Akeem um, uh, Mesidor. Um, But they are the only two guys so far that have more than five pressures on the quarterback of anybody on this defense. Um, So this is – and, I mean, we're talking about Kamen Rucker had four quarterback pressures a week ago. So, I mean, you're talking about a team that is not even remotely pressuring the quarterback. Um, that is one area where Carolina has to be able to take advantage. At linebacker, they've been okay, not great. Uh, Corey Flagg Jr.'s had a pretty solid start to the season. Uh, he leads the team in tackles, but they've kind of been bouncing back and forth between Wayman State Jr. and, uh, and uh, Keontra Smith um beside him so that's an area where Carolina if you can you know get to that second level especially in the running game Carolina should be able to have some success running the football in this game these linebackers not as strong as some of the teams that they faced even so far even a week ago that Virginia Tech linebacking core very stout Uh, this one will probably be one of the weaker ones that you will face so far this year and then you know the secondary Look, there's talent there. There has always been talent there, but it was exposed against Middle Tennessee. They allowed a ton of big plays. I mean, we're talking about their passing game looked very similar to Carolina's against uh, App State. They allowed a ton of big plays down the field. Both DJ Ivy and Tyreek Stevenson have allowed more than an average of 25.5 yards per reception so far this year. So there are big plays to be had you have said that you feel confident in the running game do you think i mean that that has to be an area they attack with some of the struggles that miami has on the d line at linebacker that's that's an area i want to see them take a step in this game offensively
1: yeah i mean i i think it really just comes down to the commitment to the run and 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 really <laughs> Phil Longo, I feel like when he's calling plays, when you got a guy like like Drake May, it it really just it really just gets like a video game where you're just like, Dude, what you know? I'm I'm gonna watch this guy throw the football.
0: Oh, I mean, look when it, it it's hard to get away from a quarterback that is throwing the ball around the yard at a high rate. I no doubt about it.
1: And and, and so I. I mean I I know there's people are, are are concerned about the running game because and Mac Brown pointed out again this week where some long runs really, you know, inflated the rushing stats, but that's that's how running offense it, it, it actually works. Like you don't really see teams unless you're just playing a bad football team come out and they're running for six, seven yards a pop right off the bat. Like I know we live in an area where three yards and a cloud of dust football isn't isn't a isn't popular. But when you see the teams that really run the football really well, Georgia, Michigan, Clemson, if you watch their running game, it's a grind. And by the second and the, and by the second half, then okay, now, now you're running the ball the way you want to. So I would say if we come out this week and we're, we're, we're not able to run the ball like we want to in the second half and Carolina is in a position where they can run the football, they're not having to play from behind or something like that. Mm-hmm. Okay, maybe I'd say maybe we got, we got some issues.
0: Well, my concern is not necessarily I, – I get what you're saying. It's the fact that when you run it on first down, when you run it on second down, a lot of these handoffs have been one, two yards. And the problem with that is, especially on first down. One yard gain. Okay, now it's second and nine. Now you're a little behind the sticks already. That's the concern that you that's where you want to see more of that consistency. I don't look, I, I get it, man. I I'm not look, I'm not saying don't I'm trading the big runs for just guys that are grinding out four or five yarders. You have to hit some home run plays. We talked about that back in twenty uh twenty nineteen that that was a big issue for the Tario run game with as successful as they were there were times where Javante Williams and Michael Carter just couldn't hit the the long run play when you needed them to um and they you know you you saw that happen in 2020 it made a huge difference i just my thing is is when you run the ball on early downs you've got to be able to have more success because if you're not that's part of the reason why you're seeing Phil Longo go away from that because okay well we're picking up two yards on these carries well that's kind of setting me behind for the next couple of plays because then hey man I throw to a receiver and he drops it or a defensive back makes a play on it all of a sudden I'm in third and eight and that's limiting what I can do as an offensive coordinator so that's the area that I think Carolina that's that's the way that Mac Brown's looking at it is I just want to be more consistent on those early downs and and I get that um but yeah, I mean, I'm not look, this is the thing. It is so hard to criticize this offense when you see what has happened to this team on the defensive side of the ball at times this season. So it feels like you're nitpicking. But yeah, that's an area where I think you you've got to you've got to demand a little bit more from that group. You've got to demand a little more consistency from them, and it's both the running backs and the offensive line. And look, the running game, that's our first of of the Tar Heels storylines. I think the other one is, is, you know, when you look at the offense, are they able to sort of continue the rhythm that they had a week ago? Because against Notre Dame, you put up 32 points, you put up 367 yards of offense, but it wasn't really a pretty game. They went six straight drives without scoring, It was kind of a stagnant offense at times that was really based on big plays. Looked a lot like the 2021 offense. What you saw last week is what we've been used to so far early in the season. Carolina has to be able to carry that over into this game against Miami because I'm with you. I saw some good things out of this defense, but I still feel like this is a game where Carolina is going to have to score, and in order to do that, you've got to move the ball consistently.
1: Yeah, I mean, look... I don't know if they're going to see another defense that poses the challenges that Notre Dame did until they play NC State. I I, I really I I I don't think you'll see it this week. I don't Definitely not physically. I, no way. You know you won't see it against Pittsburgh. I, you know you won't see it against Wake Forest. <laughs> and and so, oh God, no. And so, I would say yes. The, I think with this offense, you should be at a point, especially in the division that you're in and the teams you got, where they should march the ball up and down the field at will. They, they they should. And this 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 Miami defense, this isn't you know they don't have the same. They've got talent, but they don't have the dudes they they have had in the past. And even those dudes, Carolina was able to, to really have a lot of success with them. So yes, I I. I I would expect them to go out here and I I expect them to score 35 points or more. I expect them to give me 400 yards of offense or more because that's how that's how well they're playing and this opponent I think is, is not going to show as 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 much resistance and, and and as as I've I've really said all all year long I think Phil Longo has really developed and grown into his own as offensive coordinator mm-hmm. and I don't think he's forcing plays to happen. He's reacting to what he's seeing from the defense and calling the right plays, and you're seeing all of our elite talent really come to fruition on on that offensive
0: side of the ball. Well, the reacting is what you want to see in this game because there is no doubt that he watched that game against Middle Tennessee. You see that stat that I just read off about the two outside corners that they have allowing 25.5 yards per reception. And you're going to want to throw the ball down the field. You're going to want to take your shots in this game. There's no doubt about it because this is a team that so far hasn't proven that they can handle uh, a team that has a good deep passing game. But you want to see Phil Longo be, you know, the Phil Longo that we've seen so far this year, not relying on those big plays to carry your offense. Because if if there was one thing outside of the red zone, Issues that you could probably critique About Phil Longo in his first Three years at Carolina it was that At times he got big play happy There's no doubt about that Um, But I think this year You're starting to see a guy that As you mentioned is really settling in Is realizing that Hey, we've got we've got so many tools in this offense. We've got a bunch of different guys that can do things after the catch. Or even look, we don't have to if, if we're hitting a big play, it doesn't always have to be with our outside receivers or even with Josh Downs. We can hit one in the in 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 the middle of the field up the seam with our tight ends, something that we haven't had here at Carolina in his first three years there. So I, I think that's the area where you're you're looking with this offense and saying can can they can they carry over what they did against Virginia Tech and and I don't know I, I I thought there were still some people this week that were saying look Carolina offensively just took apart a really good Virginia Tech defense I think they're I think they're a solid defense There's no doubt about that I was very impressed by what the offensive line did up front. But I don't think that Virginia Tech defense is really as good as the numbers would lead you to believe, because I think they just they had drawn some matchups that favored really well to give them some some really good looking stats. Um, this is a team in Miami that I think you're right. I think they are not as talented as they've been in the past, but they are still one of the more talented defenses that you will play all year. Because frankly, there aren't a lot of talented defenses in the ACC. Um there's not as many talented defenses really in college football but especially in the ACC. So Carolina's got to be able to manage that. Don't get big play happy in this one Phil Longo and I think you'll be fine. Um you know the last one is is look can this defense carry over what they did a week ago or is this what we saw last year? I have been saying this the entire week and this is my concern with this team defensively. I was telling telling our guy, Tar Heel Tommy, our new sales guy here at WFNZ. Um, I was telling him about, you know, look, the, the thing that I worry about is we saw this from this team a year ago. Carolina came out, they destroyed the Duke Blue Devils in a game last October, early October. And some, you know, I, I was one of those people that was wondering, hey, has this team turned a corner? Because... That was as dominant of a performance As as you get from the Tar Heels up front But that wasn't the case Carolina just faced a bad offensive line That was clearly worse than I had thought um, And, you know, they it, it showed the rest of the year When they really regressed back To what we had seen from them early in the season With this group You know, even if they don't even have to be exactly what they were a week ago. That's asking a lot because you're not playing an offense that is that bad. But can they be an average I I I don't even want to ask for above average because that might be that might be asking too much. Can they just be an average, a mid, as the new generation likes to say? Can they be a mid defense?
1: I want to say yes, but it's really, you want to believe. Come on, man! It's 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 really hard to believe it, right? And it's 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 really more because of what happened against Notre Dame, like because you let a bad offense do whatever they wanted to
0: for three quarters. Well, hold on, now we have not seen them play since that game, and Mac Brown has told us this is a playoff team.
1: So it's you know it's it's. I think that's the reservation. I think for us to really start believing first off, you gotta do it away from home. So you 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 know, you you gotta do it this week at Miami. And look, I know what Mac Brown said about and look, that fourth quarter at Georgia State in in its in its moment was very important. But Georgia State's a one in three, one in four football team. Yeah. So they're they're not a good football team. And the fact you went from Up 21 to 3 to to actually trailing in the game doesn't look good on your defense. So you got to do it away from home. And then you got to do it again. And you got to do it again. They've got to put together a month or so of solid play before we could say, okay. And solid play for this unit is probably 24 points. And three hundred seventy-five yards, or, Oh my or, or, or god. Less.
0: Oh, oh, I would. I got to tell you, I I would take that in a heartbeat with this group. So, oh man,
1: you know I, I, I. You know I think we've we've really fresh You know, voiced our frustrations with the coaching staff to where I think Chizik is the type of coordinator to coordinate the type of defense you want to have with this offense. Right. But you know, until you're getting the type of play you need out of your defensive line and the type of play you're getting out of your 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 secondary. It's hard to say, yeah, I, I believe they can be a mid defense because they 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 haven't they've they've been below mid for a while now. Not under under mid. Below mid's a pretty good Yeah, one.
0: below mid's not bad.
1: I, you know, then I'm gonna
0: use above mid. Above Hey, it, if, Look, if we get to above mid, we, we may we may actually have a celebration here on the podcast. The above mid defensive celebration.
1: That's what I'm looking for in a woman is just an above mid woman. You know, I used to shoot. I gotta for the tell you,
0: I gotta tell you. At this point, a mid woman might be fine, <laughs> considering that I am severely below mid. I I think I would definitely take a, a mid woman. Um, I I feel that that was that that could be taken very wrong. We love ladies. We love you. You don't love us, but we we still love you and respect you. Um, no, I mean, I think. Th- this is the one thing and I don't know if you're with me on this the the one reason that I feel like you can have some sort of belief in this and I look I know that he took a lot of flack from the fan base for the first few weeks which I think is is somewhat justified but I also think people have to realize I think it's more about the holdover coaches rather than Gene Chiswick himself I think Gene Chiswick is the reason why maybe you can believe a little bit in this unit, because he's done it before, and he's done it here before. So if it, maybe it did take time for things to get on track. Maybe they needed that one game where they actually felt like, hey, this system is working, because I get it. They had moments in that game against Georgia State where it looked like it worked, but it did kind of fall apart, and you did kind of let them back into the game. There was never a point in that Virginia Tech game where they let them back into the game. And look, you had opportunities to let them back into the game. Yeah. And you didn't. So, I mean, is that – am I crazy for thinking that? No, because, I mean, I think that's he's
1: the biggest reason why we had any faith entering this year defensively at all. I think the frustration really came from when you, when you go back to 15 and he was dealing with a lot less talent and a lot less depth. Mm-hmm it was kind of immediate where you could tell he made an impact and that didn't happen to start to start the year where it True. Didn't, it it, it, didn't, it didn't it didn't feel like what he what he was trying to instill what he was changing was making an impact so i think that was why and look i i was never i mean yes i i, I did i did think i tweeted in some frustration you know put his ass back in a tv booth but I never lost. No, that, like, you would never do like that. like Come faith on. in the idea that because I think he can coach. Like I trust that he can coach, and I don't think he's up there actively putting these kids in a position to fail. I think more than anything is that, and he he'll never admit this. Neither will Mac Brown. There was an adjustment period coming back out of TV calling defenses because
0: the working with coaches on that staff that he had never worked with before,
1: you know, because even though he's been out of the game, I think it was five years, the game has still evolved a lot in five years. And so he was, you know, know, he was, you know, he was maybe adjusting. And so, you know, it's going to take a lot for me to ever come on here and say, I don't have a whole lot of faith in the guy. Because even when everything broke down for Larry Fedora in 2016, it wasn't really the defense. No, nah. it, it was it was on the offensive side of the football. The defense was keeping them in the games, so he's the biggest reason to, to keep you optimistic. I think we were all discouraged because we saw him come in and and reinvigorate a bad defense overnight. That didn't happen this go around, and we're already questioning the direction of the program under Mac Brown. When the defense doesn't look any better, those questions are really going to raise.
0: Well, I think one of the differences I think that it's showing is that the problem for. Vic Coning's defenses weren't that they weren't aggressive enough. That team was too over-aggressive. But Gene was able to channel that aggression into turnovers, and that was the biggest issue for him in 16. The turnovers disappeared, and, you know, Carolina, like you said, they, they anybody. there was, weirdly enough, there was a conversation about this today, between some of the Toriel fans that uh, I, I'm i in a group chat with back and forth, and they were saying the biggest reason that 2016 things fell apart was the Mac Collins injury. And, yeah, that's that's 100% true. Yep. Um, even with that defense, n- they had one interception the whole season, yeah. and that defense was still a very solid unit. With this group, I just wonder, they talk so much about how they needed to be more physical because – you know, Jay Bateman recruited a lot of guys that were athletic freaks. They weren't guys that were built in the weight room. They were athletes. And, look, part of that is that, as you mentioned, and this is part of the adjustment for Gene as well, you got to have some of these athletes out there now mm-hmm. because some of these guys that you're, you're facing at tight end, I mean, Michael Mayer, like, dude, they didn't make tight ends like that back when gene Chiswick was coaching for a national championship on Mac Brown's staff at Texas like they didn't roll those types of dudes out there so I mean yeah that's I'm that's there's an adjustment period I think you're right about that and yeah I mean I think we all still have our reservations though yes not because of gene chiswick because of the guys that are that are out there on the field that have been inconsistent and and for me, it's still because of these position coaches. Yep. But the reason to believe is because of Gene Chizik. And I think you have to even give him a little bit. It, it, Charlton Warren is helping to set up that defense as well. So those are the two guys that I think you should believe in. We're going to take a quick break. We'll hear this week's ad from DraftKings. And then, guys, when we come back, we give you keys to the game and our predictions for the game down at Hard Rock Stadium, stick with us here on this edition of the Heel Tough Blog Podcast, back right after this. The NFL action is in full swing at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. We're talking touchdowns, big plays, and even bigger wins. New customers can bet just $5 on any NFL team to win and get $200 in free bets if they do. Check this out. In addition to the usual bets, everyone can boost their winnings with DraftKings' stepped-up same-game parlays. Look, man, I'm a Giants fan, and you know right now with my team at 3-1 and and with the way that Saquon Barkley is playing – I have to get on there and bet on my guy in a contract year where I know, of course, he's going to stay healthy and he's going to get that big contract. We all know how it works. To make things even sweeter, you can throw down on stepped-up same-game parlays once per game day all season long. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use the promo code TPPN to get $200 in free bets if your team wins when you place a $5 bet on any football game. That's code TPPN. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. There are plenty of ways to find out everything that you need to know about Tar Heel football and basketball. Just go to Facebook, search at Heel Tough blog, and find the Heel Tough blog Facebook page and like it. When you do everything, the articles, the podcasts, the podcasts, all in one central location on your timeline. Not a big Facebook user? Head over to Twitter, at HeelToughBlog on Twitter. Make sure you give it a follow, and you can follow the personal pages of our talents here at the Heel Tough Blog at HTB Anthony for Anthony Pagnotta, myself, at HTB underscore Josh for Josh Marlowe, and at HackZubber2 for our recruiting analyst, Zach Hubbard. Hey guys, welcome back in Heel Tough Blog Podcast. Anthony Pegnata, Josh Marlowe, with you. Well, let's get to the keys to the game for this game against the Hurricanes as the Tar Heels look to go to two and zero in conference and two big wins over coastal opponents. First of all, I think the biggest thing in this game for this defense, they have to slow down the run in this one. I said it. This is a Miami offense. They're averaging 178.5 yards per game. They have one of the more underrated running backs in the ACC in Henry Parrish Jr. Um, and, and this is, you know, a quarterback right now in Tyler Van Dyke that is struggling, that has been benched, uh, you know, as, as recently as two weeks ago. So... I think Carolina needs to put the pressure on Tyler Van Dyke in this one, make him beat you because, as we've seen so far early in the season, he is a guy that is forcing things and has create and and has turned the ball over and made some mistakes.
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, all, all the things that you got to do good at home defensively, they kind of go up a notch on the road, and so it, it does start with with being able to stop the run because I do think. You know Miami does lack confidence in that passing game right now, so they're, they're, they're gonna they're gonna want to run the ball, and also they're gonna want to shorten the game and keep Drake May on the sidelines as much as possible. The best way to do that is to run the ball, possess the possess the ball, and and milk the clock. So yeah, um, I do feel like it's something where Carolina's they got to come out, they've got to set the edge a lot. You know, is they get they, they got to get better and, and build what they did well last week and get better. They got to be able to get off blocks you got to have 8 or 9 guys rallying to the football and, and and be physical and 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 be 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 ready to put a hat on them because you know you mentioned it earlier this is a Miami team that we've beaten three times in a row and the last time we played them in their building we we embarrassed them so there's going you would imagine there's going to be some motivation factor coming into this game for them to get off the schneid and really redeem themselves for 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 you know for embarrassing themselves at home in their program 2 years ago so and it's gonna start up front and so you if Carolina comes out and they give up they give up one seventy five or more on the ground in a game that's you know, then we're probably coming back and talking talking about a loss. Um, because if because if, if Miami comes down and they run the ball at Carolina, and they run it down their throats, I mean, we, we saw a passing game that wasn't very confident in Notre Dame have a lot of success. I like Miami's quarterback and their weapons a lot better. We could be saying the same thing about this Miami passing attack if they if, if they run the ball very well.
0: Yeah, no doubt. I I may have to disagree with you on the weapons, though. This is a beat up, and they are a beat up team, man. With Restrepo out, that is a group that is that that was their guy. That was their their guy coming into the year that they expected to step up and have a big year. Clemson transfer Frank Ladson just ha- has not gotten off to a great start, so they're still looking for weapons. I I would probably disagree with you on that, but I do agree that they definitely have. The better quarterback, even with the struggles that Van Dyke's had so far out of the gate, I definitely think that they have the better quarterback, and that he is a guy that is more than capable of taking over a game and turning things around. He did it in the second half of the game last year against North Carolina or or against the Tar Heels, uh, which was his first career start. So, um, I, I definitely think that he is is more than capable of being a guy that can hurt Carolina. You know, I, I think the other thing is Carolina's got to stay disciplined. They did a good job of this in the game against Virginia Tech. Just four penalties, 35 yards. They've got to be able to do this again in this matchup. Look, they've been better here so far this year, but it's still not great. They're still one of the worst teams in the uh, in- the ACC in terms of penalties so far this year. I mean, they're averaging 62.8 penalty yards. It's kind of middle of the road throughout the country. 6.8 penalties per game. So, I mean, it is a step up from a year ago, but it's still an area that is not exactly a strength Meanwhile, for Miami, a little bit better. They're only averaging six penalties per game and 45 penalty yards per game. So this is a Miami team that has been a little bit better disciplined than in years past. So to counter that, Carolina's got to be able uh, to avoid those penalties that keep drives going, that back you up, those kind of things that could hurt you. And it could hurt your opportunities against this hurricane team.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely, no doubt. Like if Carolina comes out and they commit eight penalties for seventy-five yards or more, it's going to really hinder them. And I think the biggest thing is that, uh, and look, there's no such thing as a timely penalty, but it just feels like whenever Carolina commits one, it's on a it's it's on a crucial third down play, or it's after they they they've had a big gain, or they they've gotten that stop. And then there's an illegal hands to the face, or just just a just a dumb penalty, and it's something we talked about really all summer long, where they just had to get mentally tougher. I thought last year this was a team that that wasn't coached very hard, and the way they played on the field was a result of that, and it was really something that there was no fixing, you know, you know during the season, and that was what they they were going to stress all off season, and I think we've gotten we've had some good games, and we've had some games where the penalties do show up. It has been more more so on the road than it has been at home. So this has got to be a game where Carolina's got to keep its composure. They've got to keep their head on a swivel, um, not, not that their emotions get the best of them because Miami is going to try to provoke them. They are going to try to, to bait them in, 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 into playing a certain style. So um, hopefully a an a, a offseason worth of stress in this will really start to show up now because, as we mentioned, we're in ACC play now you're probably the betting favorite to get to the ACC title game because of who your quarterback is. Mm-hmm. You don't want to be shooting yourselves in the foot with costly penalties, and we'll find out if they're ready for that on Saturday.
0: Yeah, And look, most of them, uh, to me, I, it's been on the defensive side of the football where they've had the biggest issue when they have taken penalties. Offensively, I mean, there's only one offensive lineman that's taken more than two penalties so far this year. So they've cleaned it up on the offensive side. It's about taking care of business on the other side of the ball. The last one I got on here, and I said it. I said it last week. I was going to put it down, and I'm putting it down here again because I still think this has to be part of the recipe for now until this defense proves itself to us uh, week over week. You have to score, score, and score some more. This offense has to be able to play at a high rate in this game. We talked about the ability to move the ball up and down the field. We feel like that has to be an element of this game, but mainly Carolina has to find the end zone, and they've still done a pretty good job of that so far this year. Um, they they did kick a couple of field goals against Virginia Tech in the red zone, but this is still, I, I think, an offense that has proven so far that they are capable of scoring with just about anybody in the country. They have to do it once again on the road at Hard Rock Stadium.
1: Yeah, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna disagree with you there. We're talking about this defense getting to mid and holding 20, and holding teams to twenty four points or less. We're not there yet. And so and, until we get to that point where we feel we can win games in the twenties, we gotta score probably thirty five, thirty eight points or more. And and so I, I think I mean not that Phil Longo ever goes into a game saying, you know, look, guys, we just need to get to thirty one points or whatever. But I do think that staff knows there's still pressure on them mm-hmm. to put up points and put up yards, you know, in in bunches. And so, um, I think you'll see a very aggressive game plan. And I think, th- I think the biggest thing or the best thing I liked about what Carolina did last week, and this is this is probably going to tick some people off, was they never put they ne- they never put their foot off the gas. And I think that's something that well, who would
0: that who would that piss well,
1: off? Well, because some people don't like seeing you run up the score on an opponent. Okay, And I had absolutely no issues because thankfully nobody got hurt. I had nothing wrong with Mac Brown sitting out there and kicking a team's ass. Well, this
0: was the problem that I had with it. It wasn't that they were scoring on them. I don't care. I want to score as many points against them and just about every other ACC Coastal team whenever we play them. I don't like the teams that play in the ACC Coastal. It's it's just that simple. Like, what, are you going to take your foot off the gas if you're blowing state out? No, I want 150. Well,
1: they're, they're in the Atlantic.
0: So, oh, no, but I'm saying the Coastal and your rivals are, you, you should never want to, t- first of all, in modern-day college football, you should never take your foot off the gas. And if anybody's saying that, I will, I will submit to you the fourth quarter against App State <laughs> they let up 40 points in a quarter. Score as many points as you possibly can. My issue with it was and we were both saying this. Why is Drake May still in the game after he did his third flying leap in 5 games? Which by the way, can we please stop that? Look man, I like the fact that you're you're showing toughness when you when you take off and run. You 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 have taken some hits, you're willing to take some hits. Great. Just don't leave your feet. Nothing good can happen for a quarterback when he leaves his feet. I hate to tell you, Drake. Or a church league basketball point guard. Look, I'm just ignoring that. You're 6'5". You are not Cam Newton, though. You don't have 250, 260 pounds on you. When you land at your size, it will hurt. So don't do it. It's just that simple.
1: Anyway, back to my... My point before you just interrupted my point. Um, that was one of the best things I thought Mac Brown's done since he came back, because you kind of see it with older coaches where they, you know, they they don't want to blow it, you know, they don't want to embarrass the team or something like that. But I think we got to start t- treating our opponents the way they would treat us, because would a Virginia Tech to the f- took the foot off the gas? No, they didn't in 2017. You know, will will will, will Miami take the foot off the gas? No. And so there's something about burying a team. And that's what Carolina did a week ago to where, you know, yeah, maybe you want to run the ball and get out of there without getting injuries. But like Mac Brown on his radio show on Monday, these guys want more playing time. We gave them a chance to go out there and earn more playing time, and they didn't convert well enough because mm-hmm. they were still staying aggressive. So, yeah, Carolina's got to be out here in this mindset of let's, you know, let's try to score every time, you know, we touch the football. That's why they've been so aggressive on fourth down because you know they, they they want to go put points up on the board so yeah Carolina's still got into this game knowing we got to get in the 30s to give ourselves the best chance to walk out of here with a W
0: yeah and and look you got the quarterback to do it that's my thing you've got the guy that I think can do it for you at this point so trust in that guy you want to be balanced there's no doubt about it but yeah when it comes to making the plays that are there to move the sticks and to score points let Drake May take over and do what he does best. And yeah, put as many points as you can on the board until this defense proves to you otherwise. And even then, let's, I mean, this has been one of the best elements of this offense since Mac Brown's return. Let's you, you let's keep that high powered offense rolling. Um, so let's go to predictions for this game. Um, we talked about you know, keeping that high powered offense rolling. We've talked about, you know, can the defense sort of build on what they did a week ago, or was it just, you know, a, a, a momentary, um, you know, f- feat of success? What do you think in this game, man?
1: Um, this was a game that I had as a as a loss back when we when we went through the schedule. As, Shameful, as did a lot of Tar Heel fans and right. I had it as a, a
0: loss myself.
1: Um, but I. Uh, as I stated earlier, I think I think with Carolina's quarterback, they've probably emerged as the favorites in what's a coastal chaos of all time to to, to really be the prohibitive favorite to come out of the coastal no matter how bad the defense is. I think Carolina wins cuz they have the better quarterback. I trust this offense more. I think it's 38-27. Heels win again in uh in Miami.
0: Okay. What? Oh, you'll see. So yeah, I, I, I agree with you. I think this Miami team nowhere near the team that we thought they were in the preseason. Um, not even remotely. Um, I think that it's a team that's struggling with confidence. Um, you know, offensively they've had their issues. I mean, look, and it's not just the middle Tennessee game. I think there's a lot of people that'll base it on that. Remember how how bad They started against Southern Miss. They were struggling against that team early on out of the gate. So this is an offense that has had its stumbling blocks. For me, Carolina has to get out to a fast start in this game. Put up some points early, get a little bit of a lead, and make this Miami offense have to come back on you. But you've still got to keep your foot on the gas and run away from them. I'm with you, man. Carolina's got the quarterback to win this division. And I think a lot of people feel that way at this point. He's a guy that we've asked him to prove it to us every single week, and he's done so. So I don't feel like we even have to ask him to prove it to us at this point. I think we just know that this is a dude that is capable of doing it, and I'm counting on that uh, for Carolina. I'm with you. I I still think there's questions defensively, and that's why I like Carolina. No lie. The score I was thinking of earlier, thirty-eight twenty-seven. I like the Tar Heels over Miami. That was the exact score that I had um, in my head. So uh, both me and Josh like the Tar Heels to get to five and one on the season, two and zero in conference. And we will have you covered on the website heeltuffblog.com. Make sure you guys go there, check out all the coverage that we'll have for you there. It'll start with the preview, uh, and then we will get you guys uh, on the back end with the recap, the stock report, the trench report. Ashton will chip in with Ashton's analysis. He'll also give you uh, some some notes uh, and what he takes away from Mac Brown's press conference on Monday following the game. So all of that stuff will be on the website over there at heeltuffblog.com. Also, something that is unfortunately becoming a staple on that day as well is the injury updates. If there are any injury updates, we got some really good news this week about Jaquarius Conley uh, hitting the practice field again. It looks like... They could be targeting him, at, least, if not for the Duke game, then maybe for the game against Pittsburgh. Remember, Carolina has a bye week once again after the game against Duke. But it looks like uh, there are some people, there are some rumblings uh, that Conley is pushing uh, to potentially play in that game for Carolina against Duke. We will have you covered with all of that news and information on the website Heel Tough Blog com So that wraps it up for this edition of the podcast want to thank Josh for hosting with me want to thank you guys for listening and as always go Torian.